Thank you.
Christmas lives in me. Beautiful song. Good afternoon. No, good morning. Still a good morning. I hope you're praying for the many families who are ill today. I miss them. And uh, we pray that the Lord will bring them back to us so we can do and start uh, our Christmas celebrations. In fact, we have started today and many men during our communion service, they shared about the gift that God has given us. Really, it's December, isn't it? It's December and uh, Christmas draws near again and we are coming upon a, a, another uh, Christmas season with all its excitements and festivities and its mighty and cherished meaning to many of us, we reflect again on this great event in history. I hope with all my heart that during this season, the joy of Christmas, the real joy of Christmas in the days to come will fill your heart, and continue throughout the year. Not as we heard this morning, for a while only. By December 31st, we start having the blues. And psychiatrists, they say, I'm, I'm not throwing this uh, for, a, for a humor. They say psychiatrists, during the Christmas season and post-Christmas season, are the very busy, the busiest uh, in the, during the year. Uh, we have some doctors here, they can confirm it or uh, uh, with me, and I think it is true. And I, I read about that. So we, I hope none of us is going to see a psychiatrist after the Christmas holidays, because we know that the joy of Christ is in our hearts. Day and night, come what may, whether we have a Christmas or not, and uh, we will have Christmas. And I hope with all the challenges that we have, with all the problems that we face during this journey, that nothing will rob us of the joy that God has placed in our hearts. Don't give the devil a chance at all. So with hearts filled with gratitude, let us reflect once more on the most beloved and known text in the Bible. The wonder of wonder text. The most blessed text. And I think you know it all by heart. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, let's say it all together, that he gave his only begotten son. Share with me. Amen. 
Is this a, a verse that we can share on Christmas? You bet. I think this is what started it all. And I chose to speak about two words, though the men this morning during our communion service, Adam, Byron, Dean, and Jim, they shared, they touched on it. And I was sharing with Mike. I said, Mike, they stole my message, this young man. He said, Adel, they prepared you, and now you're going to have a home run. I said, okay, <laughs> we're going to do that, right, Mike? We're going to do that. And keep, uh, while, while they're sharing this message with you, please keep in mind those who couldn't make it today. I would have loved to see them all. There are so many. And uh, this flu season uh, has taken its toll on uh, our members. But I'm sure through the prayers, they will show up again and we shall see them. I took two words. And I want to go through them quickly. He loved, he gave. He loved, he gave. And someone asked, how do we measure love? How do we? And I read a thought. This is not from me. The measure of love is always its willingness to give and its capacity to sacrifice. Let me repeat that. The measure of love is always its willingness to give and its capacity to sacrifice. Now, if you agree with the writer, which I think he hits it well, or she, I don't know who's the writer, in the light of this, if we can measure, if we can measure the love of God, and no one can measure it, we must measure it but what, by what he gave. I say, if there is a possibility, I don't think we can. I don't think we can. If we use the whole waters of the world as ink, the, the song says, we cannot even describe the love of He gave his only begotten son who sacrificed his life to redeem you and me. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a subject to start the Christmas season? Think of it. He loved. How did he, briefly, how did he express his love? I think you agree with me. He expressed his love when he left heaven to come down and meet with us. Imagine the creator, the preserver, and the king of kings, and the lord of them all becomes our kinsman. Our sin bearer. I want you, I want you to uh, concentrate on that today. He becomes one of us, our sin bearer, and then our redeemer. The Bible says, for by him 
This is God himself. By him all things were created, both in heavens and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. Yet he took the form of a man and came to us. What condescension. What love is this? He took our nature upon him to reach our lowly place, to communicate with lowly people such as you and me, and give us an inheritance that we never dreamed of. He loved. Christmas is not the decorations, though I love them. My house is decorated. So I'm not preaching against it. Christmas is not in listening jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, and listening to the money being collected at the stores, which is good for the business. But this is not Christmas. He sent his son to redeem us. That is Christmas. I don't know unsafe people. How can they celebrate Christmas? What do they have in it? What is it? I guess it's the meals, going to the shopping centers, buying things that would they would soon return. Some of them. Eating until they are overweight and then they start dieting effective January 2nd, not 1st. <laughs> Holidays, they call it. And they start drowning themselves with alcohol so they can forget their problems. And is this Christmas, folks? Let's think of his love. What he did for you and for me. For God so loved. How much? He left the place of honor for our sake. He humbly, the Bible says, emptied himself and took the form of a bond servant. And though, again the Bible says, he was rich, he became poor for our sake. What condescension, what love is this? Neither the waters nor the floods can drown it. Even the floods of Calvary could not drown the love of Christ for you and for me. Think of his love. Did you stop one day and sit down and say, oh Lord, how much you love me. 
how much you love me. You know, we take life for granted. We take day, the day for granted on a daily basis. And we read about accidents. We read about people dying. We read about people being shot. We read about people entering the hospitals. We read about many problems in the world. And you know, we never think, who is protecting us from all this? Christian, I'm talking to you today. Are we taking his love for granted? Are we forgetting God's love toward us? Or we say, okay, because I pray every day, I come to church twice a week, and God is protecting me. No, before that even, before the foundation of the earth, God loves you and continues to love you. And he wants us to think about his love during this season. Before we enter into any festivities, think how much God loves you. How did we receive his love? How did the word receive his love? We said first, how did he express it? And I think I have no words, no words to tell you how he expressed it. But I hope you can stop a little bit and think of his love. His first coming, was he welcome? Did we receive him as savior? Did we receive him as the redeemer that the, all the prophets prophesied about? Did we treat him with love, kindness, and respect when he walked this earth? Was the world happy of it by, by his coming? Let me ask you this. Was the world happy? The angels were happy. The shepherds were happy. Heaven was happy because God found a way of salvation for humanity. God was sending his son. Did the world realize that this Emmanuel is God himself being with us? We sing the songs, but let the meaning sink in. Is God with us? Or we leave him alone, leave him in the manger, or a nice picture on the wall, or on the tree, or in a store until December 31st. The Bible says he came to his own. And what happened? And his own did not receive him. Oh, oh, what a stab in God's heart. He loved. We don't want you. So many people today, they don't want God. You know our nation, the United States of America, I'm proud to be a citizen in this country that accepted me and loved me. In the United States, when God was honored, we were healthier. When he was accepted in our schools, in our homes, 
in our places of business. We were a better nation. We were a more prosperous nation. But when we started, we don't want him in this area. We don't want him at school. We don't want him in churches sometimes. We have to be everything to everyone. So we, we cannot tell the world that we are Christians. And we forget that we are, we were found as a Christian nation. That uh, not as a nation of many religions. No, and a million no. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. You say, oh, shame on them. Wait a minute. Before you point a finger, let's look at ourselves. Where is God today? Where is his love? Is his love encompassing your hearts and your minds? And you go out and say, I am a Christian. I am a true Christian. And there is nothing wrong with that. Anywhere you go, be proud of your Christianity. Be proud of the one who loved you so much that he died for your sake. For God so loved. He came to his own country. What did they tell him? Get out of here. To his own city, his own temple where everything spoke of his glory. And you know why the temple was ruined? Because they never honored the God of the temple. He loved us. And before we go into the Christmas season which we have started, let us stand firm as Christians and honor God in our lives. And reciprocate his love. Maybe we cannot reciprocate it. But at least give him a portion of his love. Give him our hearts, our lives. And tell the world that this is true Christianity. And this is true Christmas. Let me ask you. Is it any different today than 2,100 years ago? And finally, they rejected him so much, they crucify him. And with our actions today, with our actions today, we are crucifying Jesus on a daily basis. I'm speaking as a nation. As the world. He loved the world. And the world is crucifying him today. He's not here physically to be crucified. But they are crucifying him today. May God help us. To start. Real good. During this Christmas season. And when we say peace. We know that we have the peace in our hearts. When we say love. We appreciate his love. I tell you one thing, 
if it weren't for the love of God, I wouldn't be standing here. Period. Don't question this with Adolf. I have no answer to this one. It's by a miracle of his love I am standing before you. And it should be the song of each and every one. Lord, it's by your love that I am here today. And let me reflect your love to the whole world and make everybody to, who comes in touch with me know that I'm a true Christian and that is the spirit of Christmas. Just think what it took to reach us. My third point. And I was reading a book and someone was describing what it took God to reach us. And listen to this. He described it as follows. The infinite becomes an infant. Is that love? He who holds the world in his arms is held in the arms of a frail woman. He whose garments is the space, whose house is the universe, whose chariots are the clouds, and whose diadems are the stars, is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid He leaves the throne of heaven for the stable and exchanges his kingly robe for a peasant's dress. Who is the prince of life bows his head in death. He who is without sin becomes the sin bearer. He, the Christ of God, becomes the crucified. This is the welcome he received. He loved, still he loved. He loved, and on the cross, he loved so much that he said, forgive them, Father. Can we reciprocate this love? I don't think so. But at least we can live a life to honor him. Oh, the love that drew salvation to him. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span on Calvary. He expressed his love there. He expressed it. For God so loved. And I ask you as you sit in your chair, are you honoring this love in your life? with your family, at school, at work? Are you honoring God? 
Do you mean his death? What, what's the meaning of his death on the cross of Calvary? Do you know really what it means? That I love you so much that I'm going to take your sin and instead of you being crucified, I want to be crucified on your behalf instead of you. So you can live a wonderful life, a life forever. What are we willing to offer him? I ask you this question with me. What are you willing to offer him? Does he see a satisfying affection during this Christmas? Does he see a true, genuine love from the heart? Does he see true gratitude gushing out of your thankful heart? Are we capable? Do you think we are capable to reciprocate even 1% of his love? And is it too, uh, too much for him if he asks us, if he asks us, uh, Adolf, do you love me? You know, he asked Peter, didn't he? He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter didn't know what to do. I think Peter looked life left and right and says, Lord, yes, I, I love you. And he broke down three times telling me, yes, I love you. And if this question is addressed to you here, dear friend, dear Christian, do you love me? What do you say? I love you, but let me do my thing. I love you, but me, uh, let me live my life. I'm still a teenager. I, till I reach 60, then. I love you, but not now. I love you, but let me enjoy Christmas. Or let me enjoy my life. He loved you every minute of his life, every second, even on the cross of Calvary. Even on that cross, he loved you. Second word and fact for two minutes. Loved and he gave. I want you to go home and read it. And I want to listen. What did God give? He gave. What did he give? He gave his only begotten son. That's the answer, right? He gave his only begotten son. Think for a moment with me. Ponder the thought. Just don't think outside. Stay within the box here a little bit. Try to look at the verse again. He gave his son. Is this what you're going to give on Christmas? You're... You're going to see a family in need that says, hey, here's, I'm, I'm giving you Spencer. Or I'm, I'm giving you uh, Julian. His mom and dad decided to give somewhere else. His mother would die. If I want to give my son, I would die. I can't do that. God did. He said, I have a gift for you all, my only begotten son. Not one out of ten or three or four, my only begotten son. Ponder, ponder the thought. This is my gift to you. 
That's why we celebrate Christmas. Christ is the gift. The unspeakable gift. And you know, if you take Christ and his salvation and his redemption, <coughs> excuse me, and what he brings with him, not only that, as they, they'd say on television, if you buy this thing, not only that, you get this and this and that with it. And wait a minute, more you get this and this and that, right? Okay. It's funny. Yes, that's true. He says, if you take him as Savior, if you take him as your Redeemer, if you say, Lord, I want you, before I go into this Christmas season, I want to live for you, here's my heart. By faith, I take you as Savior. Then the benefits come. Look at the benefits. You'll be forgiven. Do you need assurance of salvation? He will assure you. Do you need cleansing from your sins? He will cleanse you. Do you need peace with God? You have peace. That comes as a benefit, as a bonus. Do you want power to overcome sin? That's a bonus. Do you want power to overcome temptation? That's a bonus. Do you want the joy and comfort? Then you can sing joy and comfort. Do you want fellowship with the Christians? Here they are. Hope, the only God that is described, a God of hope is our God. He is the God of hope. You will have hope in the future and hope in eternity. And I want to give you uh, an you bought, you bought this and you get all these? Wait a minute, there is more. How about life eternal? And that's it. If you buy this, if you take this, I have more. I have more. Wait a minute. Open your Bibles. You don't need to open it. Dean, Dean took it this morning and shared it, he says. In 1 John 1, 3, 1. See how great... A love the Father has bestowed upon us. See how great he is meditating that we should be called children of God. You will be called a child of God. Now you can enjoy Christmas. Now you can spend the Christmas and you can taste it and go put the lights on, have a wonderful tree, give the gifts you want because you have the gift of the Son of God in your heart. These are the blessings of heaven. He loved and he gave. And no limitation. No limitation. And if you come to Christ this morning, and if you really say, I haven't really been that kind of person to appreciate your coming, Lord, and why we celebrate Christmas, I want to give you my life. I want to give you my heart. I want to reciprocate a little bit of your love and take you as my savior and live because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, it's not restricted on anyone, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And with that, you will have a Merry Christmas.
That's powerfulness. Father, we approach the throne with humble hearts, incapable of loving you the way you loved us. May you speak to us this afternoon. Speak to our hearts. Take any rebellion, any pride, and help us as we leave this place. New men and women realizing how much this love cost you. We pray that you continue through the Holy Spirit speaking to the hearts of those who are away from you. Please save people, Lord, and open their hearts and bless this congregation. And we will never forget those who couldn't make it, those who are ill. You be with them and bless them, heal them, and bring them to us safely. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior. Amen.